I, I heard um, uh, something very interesting uh, the other day, and it was someone who said, you know, the Holy Spirit is here, and all of the Holy Spirit and his power is here. I mean, I think I, uh, we preached that like a couple of Sundays ago, that when the Holy Spirit descended, he descended in full power, and, and he's here. All the whole, the whole, everything of God, everything of the Holy Spirit is here. And I heard someone say, and it resonated in my spirit, he said, you know what? We don't need more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs more of us. Uh, that, that, really, that really resonated with me. Amen. And uh, it's true. It's true. We, we, uh, you know, we have everything we need as believers. Amen. But we ourselves need to give ourselves more to God. Amen. Let's, let's, uh, let's get into the word of God this morning in Luke chapter 15. I'm going to be speaking this morning on the prodigal son. And, uh, you know, so many uh, good uh, points and, and things to look at this morning as, as we go through this, this message. Um, this, this morning, you know, every uh, Father's Day is, is so special to me uh, because, you know, I, I have a healed heart. Um, I didn't have the, uh, the perfect father growing up. Um, and, you know, everybody has a, a different story. I mean, uh, in the workplace or, or people that I've talked to, you know, some of them will share stories about their, their father and, and, you know, uh, the great things that their father did with them. And, and maybe before at a time, it, it left a little bit of bitterness in my, in my heart. But, you know, now that I hear stories and, and of these great men and, and uh, if you had a great father growing up, um, you know, praise God. That, that is, it is great. We need good fathers in this world. And, um, but I rejoice. Uh, and, and I have a healed heart this morning because I've come to know the heart of my heavenly father. And, and, and the good father that he is to me. And, and able to, to live and see his goodness through my children. And be able to, to see his heart just through, through, uh, through what my kids show me. And, they, and able to see God's heart through my children. So I'm blessed this morning. You're blessed this morning. If you didn't have the best upbringing, you have children. And, and you're able to be the father that, that you longed for. Amen. Um, but no matter uh, different bra- uh, backgrounds or, or different upbringings, whether you had good experience or negative ones, uh, we can stand confident this morning, knowing that we're more than capable to love our children and, and be the father that they need because God's heart is available to us. Amen. Uh, good men are, are capable uh, of being good fathers. There's no doubt. There's so many in this world that don't have the love of Christ. But they're good fathers. But only a, a man whose heart that belongs to the Lord can raise God-fearing children. Amen. And um, that's, that's a quality that God has given us this morning, the, 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 the opportunity to raise our kids in the faith, raise them in the fear of God. Um, this morning we'll be looking into the book of Luke and, and chapter 15, and, and Jesus was teaching this parable to, uh, to really the Pharisees when he was given this parable, because in the beginning of chapter 15, Jesus was with he was eating with the sinners and the tax collectors and the Pharisees were uh, scrutinizing Jesus. And, uh, you know, Jesus knew their hearts. 
So there was a couple of parables that Jesus was giving, and this is the third of, of the parables, and he was speaking directly to the Pharisees. Now let's begin in verse 11 this morning. And it says, and he said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into the far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens in that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. This morning, I want to talk to you about the love of the Father. Now, at a glance, uh, you see the Father here, and you see his heart. You see that the son, the younger son, has, has reached a point in his life where he says, I want to do my own thing. Now, you can draw so much from this story by, by the first verses because you can tell that the father was a, was a father who, who uh, was a God-fearing man. You can tell that the father was not a, a passive father. Even though he, he gave into his son's request, one can think, well, why didn't he tell his son, no, you're going to stay here. You're going to do as I say. Oh, he was passive. And that's not the case. Because the son was at an age where he was able to live his own life. As we see in the story here, the son not only took what was his father's thinking that it was his, right? That, see, that is the root of sin this morning. When, when we try to act independent from God. I, I, I want to live life my own way. I want to do my own thing. And, and you notice in the story how he went to a far country. 
He couldn't live the life he wanted in his father's house. He wasn't a son doing whatever he wanted in his father's home. He couldn't get away with that type of lifestyle. So he had to take everything that his father had that belonged to him, right, entitlement, and he had to go to a far country away from his father. See, that tells me that his father had a, a way of living, had a structure. And, and I, I remember a story I, long ago. I, I was working and I went to Los Angeles and I needed a place to stay. And I, I stayed with an uncle, God-fearing man. And he was talking to me about his sons. And I rem- I'll never forget how he told me. And I don't know why we were talking about this, but I was only like maybe 18 years old. But he was saying, you know, I, I, I love my sons. I, I brought them to church, and, you know, they, they want to do their own thing. So I said, mijo, I love you. I, you know you can always come back home, but if you want to live your lo- own life, there's the door. You know, I love you. I accept you. You know, and his, his sons, are, they were older already. It wasn't like he was kicking out teenagers or anything like that. But, you know, it, it always stayed with me, um, and, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not with us anymore, but it always stayed with me, his words, because it's, it's almost like what I see here in this parable. The father is saying, okay, you, you want to live how you want to live? I, I've, I've carried you up to this point. I've brought you to this place. I've given you everything that you needed. I, I'm going to release you. And that's what we see here. So we see a father who uh, raised his kids in the faith, raised his kids the right way. But, you know, the root of sin is to seek the independence apart from God this morning. The son sought independence outside of his father's house. He sought what was owed to him and, and left. People want to live on their own terms, on their own rules. The thing that they, uh, uh, the thing is that uh, they can Absolutely, they can do that. Nothing is preventing anyone from living outside of the Father's care. Amen. But the parable says that he squandered everything he had through his reckless living. There are times that people are released. Right? There's nothing holding anyone back. And people are released. And sometimes people fall to the bottom. I heard it said that sometimes you have to fall Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to find out that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. Amen. Now, I want to focus on some key things in this story. I'm going to focus on three things this morning that that God spoke to me. The first one is coming to himself. It says that the son, after his reckless living, exactly what that meant is he, he lived a life of partying, drinking, he, he spent everything he had, um, and uh, it's, it's true. Even on a, uh, on, a, on a much smaller scale, I don't know if you've ever gone on a vacation, right? We can be a little reckless when we're on vacation. And, and you know, we're having fun, we're spending, right? We're not sometimes, right? I don't know if that happened to you, but you come back home, and you realize you have bills due. <laughs> uh, amen. But see, the, the consequence of reckless living is that when, when there's a famine, 
you have nothing. When, when you need help, when you need strength, when, when you've been living apart from God so long and you need him, you don't have anything. The good thing that is he's there. The Bible says if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. But that is the curse of sin. That it, it, it strips everything that you have, everything that is good. And it leaves you hungry during a famine. But it says that he came to himself. And, you know, at a glance, in our English language, we can relate that to, or at least it can sound like he came to his senses. Right? He came to himself. Oh, I, I can relate with that. He, he came to his senses. That happens to me all the time. But in reality, there's a spiritual principle there that I would like to talk about. In the book of Acts, Peter was in prison. Acts chapter 12. Peter was in prison awaiting his execution. And he was asleep. It says that the angel of the Lord came and, and, and hit him to wake him up. Come on, Peter, wake up. I'm going to get you out of here. It says that the angel uh, loosened his shackles and told Peter, you know, gird up your loins, right? You tie your, get your robe up and, and tie it up and put on your sandals because we're going to escape. We're going to get out of here, Peter. And I, I find it interesting how, you know, many times there's a breakthrough in our lives. The angel of the Lord, right? The Holy Spirit, God, does something to us, wakes us up, gets us out of prison. But you notice how the angel said, put on your shoes. Get, get ready to run with me. We have a journey. See, many people, they, they experience the breakthrough, but they don't start running. They stay there. You know, and, and so Peter, you know, gets ready and, and he makes the escape out of prison. And it says in, in Acts 12 how, how Peter thought this was a vision. This was a dream. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hallucinating. And in verse 11 it says, when Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod. And from all that the Jewish people were expecting. He came to himself. It wasn't an intellectual discovery of his mind. It was the Spirit of God telling Peter, this is what I'm doing in your life. And his spirit made the connection. Now, there's another scripture in in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, where it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. When the prodigal son came to himself, it wasn't that he came to his senses and thought, You know what, I'm going to go to my dad's house because... 
I can keep on living the way I want and still have all the luxuries. That was not the case. He had a repentive heart. He had a revelation of the Holy Spirit, and his spirit said, I agree with that. The Spirit of God was calling him. The Spirit of God was pulling on his heart, and it wasn't until his spirit responded that the connection was made. See, many times we, uh, we walk and we live in this world and we think that we're lucky. We think that we got away. We think that it was a close call. But the reality is, is that the Spirit is guiding and leading us and, and, and teaching us. And our spirit needs to be awakened like Peter and, and make the connection. Come to ourselves that the Spirit is doing a work in our lives. Spirit is speaking to us. Amen. Now, see, repentance this morning in the heart of a person is not a, 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 a talk, a conversation, smooth words, uh, an exciting preacher, uh, a movie, something that moves the, 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 the heart. No, repentance, true repentance is when the spirit makes a connection with the spirit of the person. And brings them, calls them. It says, the word word God says that no one comes to the Father unless God calls them, not man. Now, we see in in the son's um, awakening, he says, I have sinned against you. He says, make me one of your servants. In his mind, he had a plan not only to have his father's forgiveness, but to work in his father's house. See, repentance is, is twofold this morning. It's not just a heart issue, it's a mind issue as well. See, in, during Solomon's prayer in, in 1 Kings 8.48, he prays for those who would find themselves in a similar situation like the prodigal son. And we're going to read what that says. It says in verse 48, it says, If they repent with all their mind and with all their heart. Not just your heart. Many people repent with their heart. And I'm not at all criticizing or making less. But the reality is, is that Many times people are moved with tears and, and they're sorrowful. And they, they do repent in their heart, but one must repent in their mind as well. The mind must turn to God. Notice the son said, you know, Father, I'm sorry, but you know what? I'll be your servant. I'll live under your rule. Uh, my plan is to just be in your, in your household as a servant. That is my plan. He wasn't only saying, Father, forgive me so I can have your forgiveness, and then I can go back to doing what I was doing. But, but I repent with my heart. My heart is here, but my mind is also with you. And that's what the son did here. Now, the father's heart we see here is a heart of compassion. The book of Genesis tells us a story of two brothers Jacob and Esau. And through some creative measures, Jacob 
tricks his brother by taking his birthright. It's crazy. He was, he was a swindler. He, he dressed up like his brother. He got fur on his arms because his brother was hairy. And, and he went into his father's uh, tent and, and, and made him some, his favorite meal. And, and, his, and his father couldn't see well anymore. And he says, Esau, is that you? And Jacob said, yeah, it's me. Feel my arm. Okay, let me pray the blessing over you. And he gave him the birthright blessing. And it says that when Esau came into the tent and said, all right, dad, I'm ready for my blessing. Go ahead. Here I am. He says, I already gave it because your brother, Jacob, he, he tricked me. And I can't give it away. I can't do another blessing. I only have one to give. And Esau was enraged because he was tricked by his brother. And for 20 years, Jacob would be on the run. Because his brother sought to kill him. There was wounds in that family that ran deep for many years. Because of being tricked. We know. We know of, uh, of, of things that have happened in our family. That have caused pain. And, and for years have caused trouble. And it says that. God spoke to Jacob and said, enough hiding. I need you to go back to Canaan because you got to fulfill your destiny. And so Jacob went back, but he had to go through the land of Edom where Esau controlled the territory. And it says that Esau came out with 400 men. Now, I don't know if Esau came with the intention to kill him, but it looks that way. But it says that when Esau saw him, he ran to his brother, he embraced him, and he kissed him. And they wept together. The heart of compassion. And that's exactly what Jesus, it's, it's almost like Jesus extracted that verse and placed it here in Luke. That's exactly what the father did here. When he saw his son from far away, he came, he ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. The heart of compassion. There's a Spanish story of a father and son would become estranged. The son ran away and the father set off to find him, according to this tale. He searched for months with no availability, with nothing available. Finally, in a desperate effort to find him, his father put an ad in the Madrid newspaper. The ad read, Dear Paco, meet me in the front of the newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. On Saturday, 800 Pacos showed up looking for forgiveness and the love from their fathers. Nowadays, people, sons, are longing for forgiveness and are longing to see the heart of a father, compassionate, willing to forgive them. And we know that our Heavenly Father has a heart of compassion. And we know that we have the the privilege of sharing that compassion of the Father with those who need it. Now back to our story. The Father's act of compassion allowed for his son to be restored. Because the Father had compassion for his son He was able to see his son not through his eyes, 
but through his son's eyes. When we see the son come to the father, he tells him exactly what he planned to say. He had his speech ready. Have you ever been in trouble, maybe at school, and you knew you were in trouble, and you, you, you recited a, a, something that you were going to say, and you had everything ready? Okay, when I see my dad, this is what I'm going to say. You know, is it? The son here had his speech ready, and he gave his, he gave his dad the speech. And, and it says his father... It says here, while he was long away, his father saw him and felt compassion. He ran, embraced, and kissed him. Verse 21, and the son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. This brings me back to the prophet Zechariah. In chapter 3 of Zechariah, there's a vision of the high priest Joshua. And it says that Joshua was before the Lord, and it says that the devil was there accusing him. And it says in Zechariah, that in verse 3, it says, Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed, with filthy garments. And the devil was there. I'm sorry, let's go from the beginning. It says in verse 1, And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. It is not, is this not a brand or a branch? Plucked from the fire. Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him. And he said, behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you. I clothe you with pure vestments. Notice one thing is that you don't, there's, there's something missing that I think, but it's not really missing. You don't see the apology. You don't see Joshua begging for forgiveness. But one thing you do see him is you see him standing before the angel of the Lord. What does that mean? His face is towards God. And what that tells us this morning is that we can have issues. We can have problems. Our garments can be dirty. But as long as our face is towards God, he will purify us. Amen. He will cleanse us. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you made. If you keep on getting up and you keep on looking towards God, he will clothe you. He will clothe you with pure vestments, clothes of honor. Just like the prodigal son's father, he, he clothed him. He didn't say, okay, I accept your apology, but there's going to be new rules, young man. You know, I expect you now to do X, Y, and Z. He didn't say that. 
He said, bring the best robe. Bring, bring the best that I have and put it on my son. Now, Abraham's Lincoln, I'm sorry, Abraham Lincoln's attitude on restoring the South. This is what he said. He said, when he was asked, what are we going to do, President, when we, you know, when the South surrenders? President Lincoln asked, and he, and he answered, I will treat them as if they had never been away. The heart of, of, of restoration. We see the key in this parable is that repentance was met with forgiveness that allowed for restoration. When, when repentance and forgiveness meet, we're allowed restoration. We, it doesn't matter, you know, how we fall. doesn't matter, uh, you know, how hard the fall was. If we repent, God will forgive and we can be restored. That is the promise that we have as children of God. It says in verse 24, for this is my son. He was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. I want to close this morning with how the older son perceived this whole situation. He, he was working in the field. And he heard all this ruckus, all this noise. And he, he asked the servants, what, what is going on here? What is happening? Oh, your brother came back. And your dad is having a celebration for him. And the older son says in verse 26, but he was angry. And refused to go in. And his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who, was, who had, has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son... You are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this is your brother. For your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. I want to tell you this morning that the heart of the Father this morning is repentance, forgiveness, restoration of the lost. That's his, that's his heart this morning. And... As fathers and as mothers, as everybody in this place, guess what? We can share the heart of the Father. Let that be our prayer this morning that, Lord, I want your heart. I want my, like the song says, let my heart break for, for, for the things that break your heart. Let my heart long for the things that you long for, Lord. Lord, in this, in this world, that let's, let's bow our heads. Look.